The 2023 season is just around the corner, and that means we had to invite Gary Morgan back to Gary Morgan Mondays to not give win and loss totals, but just expectations and an overall look at what the 2023 Pirates could look like with spring training just a couple of days away. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates, sponsored by FanDuel and Built Bar on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to that Pirates podcast, everybody. I don't think you need to see my name twice on the screen, just once. But there's definitely a name beside me that you guys know. It has been a while since me and Gary have got together on a podcast because, you know, we've been on the offseason for four months now. But we're this close to regular season baseball next month and spring training baseball starts this week. So, of course, I had to bring Gary on as a part of the 2023 season preview series, which we've done very, very fun stuff with. Um, I know I am going kind of a little bit out of order here, but we are going to do Gary's show today on Monday. And then tomorrow on Tuesday, I will go back to the Sawinski McCutcheon and then Reynolds episodes on Tuesday and Wednesday. So kind of like a little flip around. But. Either way, who knows, Gary, we might get some news on Brian Reynolds at some point. I mean, I guess I heard something that his agent is in Bradenton right now. That's a whole thing. But first off, welcome back to the Locked on Pirates podcast, Gary, and everybody else that loves Gary on here and spammed my Twitter DMs and <laughs> YouTube comments. When is he coming back? Well, here you go. He's back. But how how's everything going, Gary? Everything great? Yeah, everything's good, man. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's been a while. But you're, we were right to take the off season and kind of chill on this a little bit. I think uh, we're, we're all trying to push out so much content. We were just becoming repetitive. It was good to take a little bit of a break and come back together. Plus, it's not like we ain't been talking. I mean, you've been writing on Inside the Bucks Basement. I mean, like, yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely communicating still. I think it was funny that somebody on Twitter I saw, like, uh, oh, did you and Ethan have a falling out? I'm like, no. <laughs> not at all. I'm writing, <laughs> I'm writing on his website. I would hope not. Yeah. Um, good to be back, man. Yes. And looking at this 2023 Pirates team, I think the one thing that anybody can say from my preview series that I've done across all position groups is the Pirates had a plan going into the offseason about what they wanted to do. First base was a mess. They go fix first base. They add starting pitching in Rich Hill and Vince Velasquez. Argue all you want if Vince Velasquez is going to be a reliever or starter. The team has already flat out come out and said publicly that he's going to be a starter. So stop with your projections where he's going to be a reliever. He's going to be in the starting rotation whether you like it or not. They go out and get guys that are in the bullpen that are not necessarily big-name guys, but if you look at the statistics, their stack cast stuff and their baseball savant stuff, pretty good pickups in terms of Jarlin Garcia and other guys that they added to that bullpen as well. Then they add Andrew McCutcheon in what people called the feel-good moment of the offseason, which was fine. They add Santana and G-Man Choi to a first-base group that desperately needed it. So just on paper, it appears that this Pirates team is just flat-out better than it was last season. And I think that a lot of people, that's all they really want to see 
is some kind of improvement. And I would say at least what they did this offseason is an improvement. But what kind of improvement are we talking, Gary? I mean, I can illustrate it pretty easily with, with one quick name. When we ended last season, Miguel Andujar was a lock to start on this team opening day on 2023, either in left field or as the designated hitter. And now he's been DFA'd. He's a minor league baseball player making over a million dollars and really has no clear path to make this team short of like a whole bunch of key injuries happening. Um, I think that right there kind of illustrates just how far they've come. They're not trying to shove a guy like that in anywhere. Yeah, and I've also kind of used that as a, um, a metric as well. Is this the idea, and I actually did a show on Rodolfo Castro last week where I said this. As I said, if Rodolfo Castro hits the baseball, he's going to stay in the lineup. But it's also not one of those things now where he's just locked into that place if he doesn't produce. Because there's guys behind him that are going to be knocking on the door for playing time. Because one, the Pirates have to see him play eventually because they have to know what they have. And two, this isn't the Pirates we've seen the last couple of years where a guy is locked into that position no matter how he plays, even if he bats a 150 batting average. He's going to be there because there's no other options. And that's right. just all over the team right now. I mean, starting rotation-wise, if you look at the starting rotation the Pirates had last year and even after what they had in the prospect pool, what they have at their disposal right now, I mean, Luis Ortiz is going to be battling for a roster spot in spring. Last year, at the end of the year, everybody's like, oh, he's a lock for the rotation next year. Like, he's going to be in there no matter what. And I'm not saying he won't be there at some point this year, but the idea of a guy like even Luis Ortiz, and you mentioned Miguel Andujar, there's a lot of guys on this team that otherwise would have been locked into this team already if it weren't for certain moves that are now staring down the pipe hole of playing in Indianapolis for the majority of the year. I mean, with the way Johan Oviedo finished last year, to, to have there be any question that he's going to make this rotation, it, it speaks volumes to what they think they've added anyway. I mean, I'll take a little bit of a little bit of pause with, with the Vince Velasquez stuff. I I think the way I read it, and maybe it's just me, but the way I'm reading that situation is they've promised him a shot at starting, not necessarily the position. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I know just from reading the interviews that, that I've heard and talking to people that they feel really strongly that Johan Oviedo is a guy they want to make this team, and I don't think they want him to be a bullpen arm. So, it, I mean, you could be looking at a situation where Vince Velasquez at least doesn't have it for long. But I can tell you they like what they're doing with him as well. Yeah, and it's good to hear that they like things that they're doing with this team. I mean, again, one thing that I'll give this front office group that a lot of people won't give them is when they go out and say they're going to do something, more often than not through Ben Sherrington's tenure, he's done it. He's done what he said he was going to do. He said he was going to upgrade first base this offseason. He gets G-Man Choi and Carlos Santana. He said he was going to upgrade the starting pitching staff. He gets Rich Hill, potentially Vince Velasquez, on top of what he already has. So 
when you want like when people want to think a certain way about how this front office group has operated and what they've done yes they've made some mistakes that we didn't like yes there have been decisions we didn't like but most of the time what ben Sherrington says he's going to do is what's going to end up happening and that's a very good welcome sign for pirates fans moving forward and before we get into the rest of today's show i want to let you guys know about the wonderful people over at fanduel sportsbook make every moment more at fanduel.com slash locked on the midway point of the nba season is here which is very unbelievable to me because i feel like just yesterday i was watching games and the clippers were 15 and 10 and now they have 20 games left but the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, and that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained, and Player props are always fun. You can use those with points, rebounds, assists, and etc. You can also do the spread, the money line, and the totals. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. If you're interested, by the way, in betting on the Pirates' win total, it's 68.5. And every time I read this ad read, I tell you just hammer that because I've seen projections say they were going to win 71 games. And if they win 71 games, Ethan is not going to be a happy camper. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. So going back to my comments I just made about Ben Charrington, that's the one thing I think a lot of people also got thrown off by this offseason and I want to talk about the offseason a little more since we haven't really talked about it that much outside of me writing on the site. This, no doubt, is the busiest offseason the Pirates have had in, I mean, what's the like busiest offseason you can remember Like that's not this year, that, that was this busy? I mean, there was just so much going on with the Reynolds stuff, the signings, the trades, Rule you probably got to go all the way back to the Russell Martin signing and the acquisition of AJ Burnett. That's probably the the most. And and Liriano came in right around that time as well. You probably got to go all the way back to that, 2012, 2013, somewhere in there. I mean, it hasn't been recently. No. <laughs> Their biggest move aside from that was at the deadline and. I don't think most of you want to recall that Archer deal, but that was really like the most active thing they did, really. Um, as far as bringing players in, yeah, this is up there. Because I would say, I know most people are probably already typing as they hear Gary say that, the busiest the busiest offseason since then. Yes, we remember the 2020 offseason. We remember Josh Bell, Jamison Taillon, and Joe Musgrove all being traded. That was a busy offseason. But in terms of just bringing talent in, I do think that there was a certain feeling with me that, again, I, what I try to tell people on this show and try to tell people in general in Pirates fandom, not one of these moves that the Pirates made this year is making them a World Series contender. Just get that out of your head. Get, get, all, of that, get all of that out of your head. But you can also say this doesn't even make the Pirates a contender with these moves, but also be happy with the moves. 
And the reason I say that is because you've already seen the videos, I'm sure, Gary, at spring training of a guy like Rich Hill, who's 42 years old, has shouldn't have any business wanting to be on a team like the Pirates. And he comes here and him and Johan Oviedo are sitting down talking and he's taking notes while uh, Hill's talking to him. That's the kind of thing that the Pirates are instilling now is not only did you just go out and get one veteran like they did with like Jose Quintana and Tyler Anderson, you had Carlos Santana, a guy with playoff experience. Andrew McCutcheon, who's the most popular Pittsburgh, one of the most popular athletes in Pittsburgh over the last two decades. You had G-Man Choi, who has playoff experience and experience at first base. I mean, there's experience all over the place now that's going to just, to me, feed to the young players. And how much do you put on that, like in terms of the success that they can have with what these veterans can teach these young guys? A lot, and I think you said it really well. Um, it's not about um, necessarily what G-Man Choi does directly to affect this team's record. But if G-Man Choi can help teach somebody how to take a, a better approach against left-handed hitters or, or left-handed pitchers or to absolutely destroy right-handed pitching, you know... Um, Great. I mean, that's that's awesome stuff that you want to see. Uh, Rich Hill can can help bring along a pitcher or craft his curveball. He's got the the most insane curveball that anyone in the league has. Uh, you want him showing guys grip tips and you know, hey, turn your fingers this way or hey, uh, make this slight adjustment and you won't believe what happens. And that's that stuff's invaluable. Austin Hedges is going to bring a lot of that. Andrew McCutcheon is going to bring a lot of that. Um, I think it's great to have around, and it's a perfect time to do it. Uh, I could argue they even should have, could have done this last year. You know, um, I think that was a lot of the problem last year is letting these rookies just live on an island. Yeah. And now that we're we're getting into second years and we've got another wave of rookies coming. I love the idea of having veterans around. Yeah, and I know some people would get a little upset about it in terms of a guy like Austin Hedges, as you've mentioned. Most people want to see Andy Rodriguez up here as quick as possible. I get it, but that doesn't need to happen yet. And we also know it's not going to happen yet because look at how they handled O'Neill Cruz last year. It's not He's not going to come up here on opening day. It's probably not going to happen. But on top of that, you also look at the middle infield and the outfield, those areas that most people would consider areas of need. They probably are going to field Reynolds, Swinski, McCutcheon as your top three, but you do have guys in the outfield that are going to be ready at some point, like a Connor Scott, like a Matt Frazier, like a, I mean, there's like, what's his name? The guy that everybody loves that we thought we were going to lose in the Rule 5 draft. I Matt Gorski. There it is. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting Matt Gorski's name. So, Matt Gorski, if you listen to this podcast, I'm sorry. I love you. I love the game that you have. But for some reason, my name skips your my mind all the time. But Caden Smith and Jigba, Cal Mitchell. Yes. You can keep going on and on. Ryan Valade. They've got a lot of guys that they want to get eyes on. So, yes. I agree with you. It It's cool having veterans. Sometimes you can have too many veterans. But I don't think they've done anything that's going to block anybody of any importance. Um, for instance, if uh, Malcolm Nunez figures it out, and he's a great first baseman, and which we don't know because he hasn't really played over there. If he turns out to be a great first baseman and he's raking, 
they'll find a way to get his bat up here. Oh, yeah. It will not be a problem to trade G-Man Choi if they have to. <laughs> well, especially you know what I mean? with his uh, tenure with the Pirates so far, definitely wouldn't be a problem, I would imagine, with everything oh, that he's dealt with already. That's all overblown. Yeah, it is. I do think he comes from the Rays. He's very used to arbitration. It's not a big um, deal. Well, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean that's basically how the Rays operate. Now, if we're talking about Corbin Burns, don't don't talk to don't talk about arbitration to Corbin Burns. He won't be happy about it at all. And that'll actually segue me into a good point of this preview and expectations is. One thing that I've actually kind of pondered is looking at the NL Central as it currently stands. And a lot of people would say, well, the Cardinals are the best team in the NL Central. I don't think that would be argued by many people that know what they're talking about. And they're just the overall best team on paper and in a lot of different areas. Then you look at the Cubs, who made a lot of offseason moves as well. Jameson Tyone, Dansby Swanson. They make a bunch of moves, too. Then you have the Pirates, obviously, who did their thing, which we've talked about already. And then the Reds exist. That's all I can say about the Reds right now. They're basically banking fully on Ellie De La Cruz at this point, from what I know, and Jonathan India and some of their young guys. But you look at a team like the Brewers, and I've theorized this, and I know Gary said before we were recording I wasn't gonna, he wasn't going to give me a win total yet. Still too early for that. But I said... If the Pirates put everything together, if they stay healthy, guys that are good or that are supposed to be good and take the next step, take the next step. Like O'Neill Cruz takes that next step. Key Brian Hayes' offense steps up. Brian Reynolds is here all year, which I still fully expect to happen. Um, Malcolm Nunez figures it out and comes in at first base after Santana and Choi are done. Is it out of the realm of possibility to be a little optimistic in thinking the Pirates could finish second in the NL Central this year? With I think the way the a, Brewers, with the I way think the that'd Brewers be a lot right to ask, but um, I mean, I expect third to be realistic, but um, the Cubs to me are all about um, the pitching staff. I still don't think they have it. I don't like Marcus Stroman, um, and I—I I mean, both personally and as a player, I just don't like the guy. I don't see it. Um, Jameson Tyon is good. I hate that ballpark for him. I've been saying it ever since he signed. I think it's a terrible ballpark for him. Um, we'll see what happens. I don't think they're awful deep. I really don't, especially in that pitching staff. And we saw last year firsthand what happens when you don't have the horses uh, yeah. in the in the in the on the mound. And I I think that's where the Cubs are. Will they be better? Probably. They'll hit. They'll be like the Cubs of old, like where Mark Grace and Ryan Sandberg and Andre Dawson, you know, scored a bunch of runs and they couldn't stop them. Nope. So, I mean, that's what I think. The the Brewers, I think, will will pitch. And what Yelich do they get? Yeah. I mean, do they get MVP Yelich or do they get broken down Alma Backhurts Yelich? If they get broken down Alma Backhurts Yelich, I don't see it. I don't think they have the offense. And well, the Cardinals, yeah, they're well-rounded. So could the Pirates wind up in third? Sure. Second? I guess. It depends on how bad some of these other teams are. The only sure thing in the NL Central is that the Reds are going to probably finish last. 
Yeah, and that, and that honestly enough to me as a Pirates fan, I know it's a short bar to have, but that is something to look forward to, that the Pirates will probably not be in last place this year, really to me at any point in the season, unless they literally lose on any day. But that's another story for another day. Um, but speaking of being built, <clears throat> I know everybody after the holidays, you know, we're getting finally out of this cold weather. Hopefully I'm in Savannah, Georgia, and it was 35 degrees yesterday. And I wanted to punch Phil, the groundhog. Um, but <clears throat> even Phil gets hungry every once in a while. So maybe you should have had a built bar to give us spring a little bit earlier. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We've got just through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then i got just the thing for you. you got to try Built Bars. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. I went to the Cheesecake Factory while I was in Atlanta this week. And uh, honestly, after eating a basically it felt like three-pound cheesecake, I would probably rather eat a Built Bar so I didn't end up you-know-where for 30 minutes trying to um, let things happen. Uh, and they come in unbelievable flavors, by the way, like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box anymore. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Well, now you can get them at Walmart or Sam's Club in four-bar box, uh, four bar boxes or 13-bar boxes. But if you still want to, you can go to Built.com, use the code LOCKED15, and get 15% off of your first order when you invest in the best protein bars on planet Earth, and they're going to make you feel great. So sticking on the division thing, I like to look at the division as more of a metric for the Pirates than I like to look as overall in the NL. Because somebody that I watch on YouTube, I'm sure people might know who he is, Draft Nick Mark, uh, does a Q&A all the time where he has people give hot takes on what they expect <laughs> to happen this year. Some of the takes are like, Gunnar Henderson is going to win Rookie of the Year. And I'm like... Okay, that, that's about as cold as it can get because it's probably going to happen. But one of those questions very, like, sparked my interest. He, the guy that asked it, and I don't remember his name, so I apologize, said, is there a world where every team that made the playoffs last season makes the playoffs again? Like, we just have the same teams in the, play, in the postseason again. Is there a world where that happens on both sides? Not likely, right? I do I think mean, the I do think the American League is definitely more likely to happen that way than the National League. Because if you look at the American League playoff teams, I would bet on the Yankees being back. I would bet on the Blue Jays being back. Tampa Bay scrappy, so I could theorize them but if you're going to pick between tampa bay minnesota and the white Sox, who are you picking you're picking the race probably unless correa has like a ridiculous season and stays healthy and then baltimore's you, on the rise still you know yeah i just know a lot of their fans are mad because they expected more out of this offseason but i thought it was fine I, I i've seen plenty of stuff about that too with these teams on the rise like people think the pirates are on the rise right now which is fine as they as you should because they pretty much are they're going in an upward direction but be on the lookout for an offseason like baltimore had in a couple of years that the pirates are contending that's the kind of offseason the pirates are going to have 
they're going to go steal a pitcher from some team like they did with Cole Irvin and Baltimore did. I don't expect the Pirates to all of a sudden get into a contention window and start splashing cash everywhere. That's what these teams do. The Orioles are in a fine spot, as Gary just said. They're on the upward. They're on the uptick. They could contend for a playoff spot this year because you have guys like Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rushman, Cole Irvin, who you bring in. The I Pirates, like their team a lot better than I like Tampa's team. So, I mean, that's I, I mean, I'm just saying if you're going to go all the way down to include Tampa, you have to include them. Yes. Tampa, to me, is in that if we're talking just like overall baseball for, for a second, the five teams I think that definitely would make the playoffs in the NL this year would be New York, Toronto, like the teams that were there last year, New York, Houston, Toronto, Seattle, and uh, Cleveland. That sixth spot is where it gets interesting where you said, like, as you said, you can include Tampa, you can include Minnesota, you can include Chicago, you can include Baltimore, you can include the Angels if you want to. As Sully Baseball said on his Locked on MLB podcast, he thinks the Angels are going to finish below the Athletics. I don't, I'm not going to go that far, but let's just say I don't expect Shohei Otani to be in Anaheim after this year. I, I just don't expect it. But going back to the NL, do you think it's, I don't want to say healthier, but I don't have a better word. Do you think it's better for the Pirates to kind of measure themselves based off of the division right now rather than the National League? Or how would you kind of stack up how they should measure themselves? I mean, I think you have to in this in this league right now because your best path to playoff contention is winning the NL Central. Yes. If you look at the the NL East, you got the Mets and the Phillies and the the, the Braves and you'd be hard pressed to think any of those teams aren't going to make it. And the Dodgers and the Padres out out west. And then you've got whoever wins the NL Central, right? I I just you don't you can't be thinking two wild card teams are coming out of the Central no. with the setup and everything. So, yeah, I I think you have to measure yourself against the division and baseball's kind of changed that game a little bit too by you know, with going with the balanced schedule now, I think it's a little bit, it's going to change things a little bit, only playing these teams 15 times. Yeah. And I honestly love it when they first announced it. I love that they're doing it because I think it amplifies division games more. I really do. I think the, the fact that you're playing them just a little bit less, I think it amplifies your games in division more, much like you see in the NHL for instance, with the Penguins right now, with, the, of course, Gary supporting the wonderful beanie that he has on. Uh, who knows what's going on there? Check out Hunter Hodes over Locked on Penguins. I'm sure he could tell you more than I could. Um, but you amplify division games so much, and, I, and that's why I like this new schedule because those games against the Reds are going to mean a lot more than they normally would for the Pirates. But to end off this wonderful episode with Gary's return to Locked on Pirates, Give us, uh, give a, give a summary of how you felt about the off season and how you feel going into twenty twenty three. Since again, it's still a little early to give win totals. Well, I mean, a long time ago when this all started, this rebuild, I thought twenty twenty three we would be flirting with five hundred, and I probably didn't see us getting there in this fashion. Uh, I didn't think it would be from them bringing in free agents. 
I thought yeah. it was just kind of be attrition and prospect driven. But I still kind of feel like we're there. I yeah. think we're going to be flirting around that that uh, 72 to 82 win total somewhere in there. And um, I hope that by the end of the year, it's because of rookies and second-year players that, that it gets to that point. I I don't want Andrew McCutcheon to carry this team to uh, some kind of a, a better record. I want him to contribute, but I don't want him to be the, the driver. I don't want Carlos Santana to be the reason. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. I want O'Neill Cruz and Rodolfo Castro and Juwan Bay and those types of guys to be the reason. Yes, and I agree. And and that's not to go to say that that's a bad thing that Gary's saying at all. It's just you would rather see guys like an O'Neill Cruz or a Key Brian Hayes or the guys that you know are going to be here for quite some time carry this team to where they eventually want to be. And it's possible. It really is. I mean, Key Brian Hayes is going to be fully healthy this year, hopefully. Um, and he'll start fully healthy anyway. Yeah, he'll, start, yeah. <laughs> he'll start fully healthy, hopefully. Because uh, we still have some uh, spring training to play. But just for everybody watching this, and I'm sure Gary would agree here, this is the funnest season of Pirates baseball we are going to see in quite some time, like in terms of what we've seen the past couple years. Just realize this, and I'll end it with this. Just know that there's not really a Josh Van meter on this team. If you want to pick one out, go for it, but... I'll guarantee you this, that player, the 26th man on the roster, is better than Josh Van Meter. The 40th man on the roster is probably better than Josh Van Meter. So just take that into consideration when you're looking at the 2023 Pirates. And again, are they a potential wildcard team? Maybe, if everything goes right. But, nevertheless, they look good. And they look in a much better spot than they were four months ago. They're going to look competitive most nights, I think. And I think deeper, which means it's got it's going to be a little more long-lasting than it was. Um, you know how like the, the bullpen carried them early and then the rotation caught up last year and then everything died? Well, this year I think they've got waves coming behind it to help. That's yeah. And I think that's going to be the main difference. Yes, and... In the spirit of spring training, ride the wave. Get on the Pirates bandwagon now before uh, Dylan Cruz gets drafted number one overall. I'm kidding. Th- this is starting to remind me of Kumar Rocker all over again. Everybody's so stuck on one guy, and I guarantee you some other dude will pop in there at the last minute, and like all of a sudden Dylan Cruz will get drafted like fourth overall or something. But that's also another a story for another day. 2022 offseason is pretty much done. 2023 season on the way here on Monday, February 20th. We have baseball this weekend, so get ready for that. But, Gary, obviously you mentioned earlier that I'm writing over it inside the Bucks basement. If you want to tell everybody a little bit about that and the new Twitter handle so people know where to find it since we want it to be more organized. Yeah. Uh, you can follow um, the site now on Twitter. It's at ITBB, yes. and uh, we're basically just trying to pull all these writers together under one umbrella so that when we when we tweet stuff out, you can see right away where it's from and who it's from and um, 
just kind of keep everybody together a little bit easier. Oh, yeah. And obviously, Gary will be returning on Mondays throughout the season. I'm sure throughout spring training as well. We might do every other week. We'll talk about that at some point. But, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked on Pirates podcast today. Make sure you follow Gary and myself on Twitter with our tags below. Um, make sure you buy Twitter Blue to have two-factor authentication for messaging. Shout out, Elon. Never. I just got canceled already. Um, <laughs> I just, <laughs> but, you know, it's okay. But make sure you go follow on Twitter at Locked on Pirates as well as I, uh, ITTB as well for my writing stuff, Gary's writing stuff, and, of course, Gary's podcast, uh, H2P, which is a very nice listen on why the Pitt Panthers should be a ranked team over, you know, other teams. But anyways, guys, thank you so much. Baseball is back. We get World Baseball Classic next month. It's going to be fun. And I'll see you guys on the flip side.